This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome back to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes, and the word this week is comeback. This was a good week for Michigan and for the nation. For President Biden, an excellent week on two fronts. First, a boisterous and enthusiastic endorsement from the United Auto Workers and its amazing president, Sean Fain. When I first came into office, we made some headlines by saying that our endorsements would be earned, not freely given. We've said we'd stand with whoever stood with us in our fight, not because somebody was nice to us and we want to be nice to them, but because we need to know who's going to put up and who's going to shut up and going even further. We need to know who's going to stand up with us. And this choice is clear. Joe Biden bet on the American worker while Donald Trump blamed the American worker. And much to the consternation of Republicans, the economy continued to show that Bidenomics is working. The nation's gross domestic product, the broadest measure of economic activity, grew at an annual pace of 3.3% in October, November, and December, according to a report Thursday from the Commerce Department. It was a fitting end to a year of robust economic growth, defying projections that rising interest rates would tip the economy into recession. U.S. economy grew at a shocking pace. I love that shocking pace, Pete. <laughs> by the way, the economic growth is stronger than we had during the Trump administration. Or my predecessor recently said he was actually hoping for the economy to crash, his quote. And it's no surprise that Donald Trump immediately claimed that the numbers were fake, adding to his massive list of outrageous lies. Michigan's economic comeback got a boost from Governor Whitmer, who followed up 2023's amazing legislative record with additional proposals to continue to restore Michigan's economic dominance. Her State of the State address focused on expanding educational opportunities, lowering the cost of living, responding to the crisis in affordable housing, and continuing her efforts to fix the damn roads. We will have expanded highlights from the governor's State of the State message on this podcast right after this summary of some of the other news of the week, impacting Michigan's policy and politics with Dorian Tyus. In the news this week, American Journal News reports that Peter Meyer has not filed his personal financial disclosure in violation of legal requirements. Meyer comes from a family of billionaires and appears to be trying to hide his personal finances to avoid scrutiny in the GOP primary. U.S. Senate candidates have 30 days from filing to run for office to file their personal financial disclosures. It's been over 70 days since Meyer filed to run for Senate and his campaign hasn't requested an extension. Several Michigan leaders, including elected officials and advocates for survivors of domestic violence, are urging state lawmakers to investigate one of their Republican colleagues after police reports revealed that he was accused of domestic assault in 2019. An incident report filed with the Calhoun County Sheriff's Office 
shows that State House Republican leader Matt Hall was accused of assaulting his girlfriend and interfering with the 911 call after she tried to call for help. Hall wasn't charged in the incident, but the reports have raised new questions about whether he's living up to his ethical responsibilities as a lawmaker. Flint Mayor Sheldon Neely is jumping into the race to succeed U.S. Representative Dan Kildee in Congress. Neely, a former state representative who was serving his second term as mayor, told the Flint Journal on Friday he'll formally announce his candidacy in February. He joined State Senator Kristen McDonald Rivet, Michigan Association of Conservation's District's Executive Director Dan Mullen, and State Board Education President Pamela Pugh in the Democratic field. Christina Caramo was properly removed as chair of the Michigan Republican Party this month, according to an initial review by the Republican National Committee. But the National Party is not yet recognizing Pete Hoekstra as the new state party chair despite a separate vote. RNC General Counsel Michael Watley wrote in a letter to both Caramo and Hoekstra because, quote, additional information could conceivably come to light, which changes the RNC Council's office view. Absent the resolution of ongoing litigation, the RNC is unable to conclusively rule on whether Karamo or Hoekstra is a voting member, he added. As such, neither will be credentialed as Michigan GOP chair for the winter meeting in Las Vegas, but both would be allowed to attend as guests according to the letter, which was also signed by RNC chief counsel Matthew Raymer. Michigan Republicans aren't the only ones with problems over their party chairs. Arizona Republican Party Chairman Jeff DeWitt announced his resignation Wednesday after a recording was made public that appeared to show him attempting to bribe Republican Carrie Lake to sit out of the 2024 election for the state's U.S. Senate seat. Donald Trump is resurrecting his go-to issue, made-up election fraud. Anytime Trump loses an election, he claims fraud. That includes his 2016 Iowa caucus loss to Ted Cruz, his 2018 popular vote loss to Hillary Clinton, and his riot-inspiring claims after the 2020 Biden victory. While Trump generally refrains from claiming voter fraud in the election he wins, he spends plenty of time laying the groundwork to cry fraud should he lose an upcoming vote. He's already doing it again with the eye toward November's general election. In his Tuesday night New Hampshire victory speech, he yelled, quote, They used COVID to cheat, and they did a lot of other things too. We're not going to let that happen. You can never forget history, because if you forget, you never, you never recover from it, and you repeat, end quote. Peter Navarro, a former trade advisor to Donald Trump, has been sentenced to four months in prison for defying a subpoena from the January 6th Select Committee. United States District Judge Ahmed Mehta handed down the sentence Thursday, describing Navarro's refusal to testify or provide documents to the panel as an affront to a branch of government seeking to understand harrowing attack on democracy. The Ohio Senate voted Wednesday to override Governor Mike DeWine's veto of legislation that restricts medical care for transgender minors and blocks transgendered girls for female sports. DeWine vetoed the bill in December, arguing decisions about gender transition care 
should be left to families and their medical providers. But the governor's fellow Republicans disagree and say the bill is necessary to protect Ohio children. Links to these and other stories are on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. From Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyler. On Wednesday, Governor Whitmer delivered her State of the State address to the legislature and the state. 2023 was a record-setting year for legislative accomplishments that impacted the lives of all of us. She is continuing to push Michigan forward, beginning with what it costs us to live and work in Michigan. Top of mind is costs. It is hard to buy a house, afford a car, or save for retirement while keeping up with the bills. People put things off to make ends meet, replacing old tires, fixing busted gutters, buying your child a warmer coat. No matter who you are or where you come from, if you work hard, you should be able to provide for your family and have a fair shot at a better future. We should have the freedom to live the way that you want. That is the American dream. And you should be able to chase that in Michigan. At our best, that's what we are, a home for opportunity, for people seeking a good life and a good cost of living. Tonight, that's what I'm gonna focus on, how we keep lowering costs, how we improve education to set up our children for success. One of the largest costs in all of our budgets is housing. Michigan, like every state, is experiencing a growing crisis in affordable housing. We discussed that issue earlier this month with Representative Betsy Coffia. The governor is making expanding housing options for families a top priority. Our housing stock is old. Nearly half of all units in Michigan were built before 1970. Young people cite housing affordability as one of their top concerns. These are statewide challenges. In Traverse City, school districts need housing for teachers who have nowhere else to live. On the west side and in the UP, there just aren't enough homes for growing families. And I know Detroiters see higher rates when they re-sign. In other words, the rent is too damn high and we don't have enough damn housing. So our response is simple. Build, baby, build. Let's go. Our target is clear. In Michigan's first ever statewide housing plan that I commissioned last year, we set a goal of 75,000 new or refurbished units in five years. And we are headed in the right direction. In the five years since I took office, we've invested double what we did the previous eight years to build or rehabilitate 34,000 housing units, supporting 20,000 good-paying construction jobs in the process. Our local partners are getting it done, too. From November 2022 to November 2023, our four largest counties, Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, and Kent, permitted over 8,000 units. In 2024, let's keep going. 2024, let's build more of every kind of housing, single-family homes, apartments, mixed-use buildings. In 2024, we will make the largest investment to build housing in Michigan history. Like many families, I know firsthand the challenges of caring for older members of our families. It's an impossible challenge for too many. Governor Whitmer believes it is a challenge that needs to be recognized by the state. I know how tiring caregiving can be especially when you're juggling a career and kids of your own. When I was sandwiched between my newborn daughter and my mom who was dying from brain cancer, I was pushed to my limit, despite having resources and help. 
I know a lot of people are concerned about how much it'll take or is taking to care for aging parents, financially and emotionally. Maybe you're concerned about how your kids would take care of you while living their own lives. The new Caring for My Family tax credit could save thousands of Michigan families up to $5,000 on their taxes. By allowing people to write off caregiving expenses, including counseling or transportation, nursing or respite services, we can save them money. We can help more seniors age in place at home in dignity instead of a costly or long-term option. We can support parents of children with long-term care needs by saving them money. We know the burden of caregiving falls disproportionately on women, and especially women of color. While the caregiving work they do is often invisible, it is invaluable. According to the AARP, family members provide about $522 billion in uncompensated care every year. Let's support them by giving them a tax break so that they can take care of their loved ones. The biggest single item in the state's budget is education. Even with record increases in school support, it is becoming increasingly difficult to recruit teachers, in part because teachers are caught in the middle of a right-wing assault on public schools and educators. In Florida, teachers are disrespected and book bans are rampant. Heck, just two weeks ago, a district banned the dictionary. The dictionary. In Texas, nearly one in three teachers aren't even certified. That's not how you improve education. In Michigan, we're forging a different path. We're sending a message, loud and clear. We support our teachers. We walk the walk. We fund scholarships for future educators, pay student teachers, and help full-time teachers with their student loans so they stay in Michigan. We accept out-of-state certificates, so if you have experience, you can enter the classroom without jumping through bureaucratic hoops. As a result, enrollment rates in Michigan's teacher prep programs are beating other states. So a message to America's teachers, if you want to teach, we want you here. There was a time when a high school diploma was all you needed to forge a successful career. Those days are over. And the governor believes the 20th century standard of a K-12 public education is no longer enough for the 21st century. We need to be a state of lifelong learners, and we know that education does not end after high school graduation. And that's why we've lowered the cost of college with the Michigan Achievement Scholarship, saving thousands. We made community college and job training for medical techs and electricians tuition-free for anyone 21 and older with the Michigan Reconnect, and today, I propose we go further. In our next budget, let's make the first two years of community college in Michigan tuition-free for every high school graduate. As Michiganders pursue an associate's degree or skills certificate at a community college, they can save an average of $4,000 on tuition. This is a transformational opportunity for graduating seniors and will help us achieve our 60 by 30 goal, having 60% of our adult population with post-secondary skills, training, or a degree by 2030. We are broadening our vision of education beyond K through 12. Every single Michigander should be able to count on a free public education from pre-K through community college. That's the Michigan guarantee. Let's get it done. There was even more in the governor's ambitious agenda. 
There are links to the text and video of her speech on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. This week's Trump outrage, Trump's efforts to derail immigration reform. There's no question that we have a big problem on our southern border, in large part because the law and the enforcement budget are woefully inadequate. There have been productive bipartisan talks that are closing in on a compromise solution, which would strengthen border security. But Donald Trump is actively working to sabotage the compromise. Why? If there is progress on border enforcement, he will lose immigration as his top issue. Outrageous, but totally consistent with Trump's priorities. It's all about what's best for him, not what's best for the nation. That's all for this week's update from your Democratic Party. I'm Lavora Barnes. Thank you for listening. Paid for by the Michigan Democratic Party, 606 Townsend, Lansing, Michigan, 48933.